Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back for episode 91 of A Play on Nerds. As always, I'm one of your co-hosts, Steve. And I'm Jarman, the other co-host. And we're here to co-host the hell out of this. To the best of our ability. To the best of our ability, every week. (laughs) We're just going to keep trying. And what are we talking about later on in this episode, Steve? In our continuing series of reviewing both Muppet films as my favorite franchise and Star Trek films as Jarman's favorite franchise, we are reviewing Muppet Treasure Island this week. Woohoo! Uh, and so we've got some more pirate-themed stuff coming up later. But right now, Jarman, what, what the hell have you been up to? Well, first I gotta say, I wish I had saved that nerdy news story about the pirate wedding for this episode. Oh, that's true. That's <laughs> true. It. You burned it. I'm sorry. Would have been so great. So I need to find the follow-up on that. <laughs> but uh, since our last show, I had my birthday, my 32nd birthday, uh, and I was fortunate enough to throw a party for my birthday and invite everyone I, mostly everyone I know in Orlando, in the area that I live in, because um, I, I used to throw parties with Steven all the time, even back yeah. in middle school and high school, and I did in college. I always loved hosting parties. We would, we would flip back and forth year to year for like a yeah. Halloween party, when you're my house, when you're your house. And in college, I loved throwing parties, hosting things, and like planning out what we're going to do, and themes, and that kind of thing. So, But I haven't lived in a place that was good for that in quite a while so i'm so i was so proud of people at our house and good uh kate my girlfriend and i decorated and put all these lights up and her friends helped me we, they bought me a grill so i was grilling for the first time in my life oh was so, that your big gift uh well that was from her friend actually she bought me oh. a grill for like 250 bucks i was like thank you <laughs> holy crap this. yeah but uh her friends make good money but anyways <laughs> <laughs> and they all, everyone brought over tons of, of booze for our housewarming too because people hadn't been over house before so it's kind of like a housewarming party as well and uh just a whole lot of fun and uh the girlfriend got to drive in for it and good yeah it's just nice having an outdoor party before it gets blazing hot here in orlando again that's so, true you have you have to eat this little bit of time while you still have it yeah it's like 62 degrees last night it was fantastic so Ooh, beautiful this will be the end of it <laughs> that's true so what are you been up to? Uh, not too much. Uh, well, first off, happy birthday, you glorious son of a bitch. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, you're 32, which means mm-hmm. I'm still 31 for a little bit longer. Just a little while. Uh, and that means that we've known each other for 21 or 22 years. <laughs> which is crazy to think about. Just just perspective there. Uh, but what have we been up to? Uh, n- not too much. We rearranged uh, our apartment a little bit. We got new chairs, which is exciting. It's always refreshing to have new stuff. And uh, they only came partially disassembled. So that was only like two hours of work to get them going. Not too bad. Probably not too bad. But we they're they're good now. I'm happy they're here. And then otherwise, we are just mentally preparing for a trip to Disney in two weeks with the kid. Oh, boy. Was that by choice? Uh, Well, it was just a good. We've wanted to go. Joyce is finally at the age where she'll get some enjoyment out of it. She's aware enough and she's starting to latch on to characters and stuff like that. Right. And as family's going, her mom is using her points for their timeshare thing down there. 
mm-hmm. to get a big place for the whole family. Mm. Uh, the whole family's going down. She's going to drive us. So we don't have to worry about transportation. So it's kind of like the optimal time to take the trip. Yeah, that's more for you guys than for Joyce because she won't remember any of this. But <laughs> yeah, exactly. But nice. we'll, we'll get cute pictures and we get to go with the family. And yeah, yeah, it'll be fun. And I've never been. So kind of vacation for you, too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So and Disneyland. Ditch, ditch the kid with grandma a lot and just go off and ride rides. So. Right. Because <laughs> all my, my British friends who have been, are my fellow podcasters who have been to Orlando, they all went to Disney World. But this is Disneyland over on the West Coast. It's all it's like Disney World, but just squished, basically. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah. Uh, with a little bit more historical stuff. Right. It's but that's about it. Time. Yeah, because well, it's been there a long time. But that's, that's about it. Very cool. But yeah, so like reading, you know, best places to eat inside the park and hacks for the 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 ticket system for the fast pass and oh yeah it's just it's a nightmarish scenario but we're, we're looking into it and we're researching and doing all that my friends were just telling me last night that they often this couple I, I game with they're saying that uh they often will go to the fast pass lane and they go they go to scan their like little wristband that you get now for disney and it says that their fast pass isn't working like oh that's so strange i i don't know why it's not working i guess we can go back and try to fix it and they almost every single time they let them through <laughs> there's like oh just come on in <laughs> so i don't know if you want to worry that, about a gang but that's what they do every time <laughs> for those who don't know from the theme parks fast pass is invaluable it's basically that you don't have to wait in long line you can go in the fast pass lane and you get to go it's it's a right whole faster. system now but when i it was in its infancy the last time as I was at one of these parks and you can either buy them. I think at universal or at Disney, it's where you just, you assign a time you're going to come back and that's when you can go into the fast pass lane. It doesn't cost any extra. Is that right? It's something like that. And then there's some sort of maybe additional ticket price, maybe where you can use the, an app to reserve, but then you can only do so many reservations before you then have to wait for others to expire. And I don't know. It's a whole system. Well, if you want to learn more about Disney and all the craziness therein, listen to our fellow podcaster who listens to our episodes all the time, Michael McGovern. They have the Florida Project podcast. I believe it's called that. Let me mm-hmm. make sure about that. And it's all about their experience at Disney because him and his husband go to Disney constantly. Uh, Jason, who is my old boss, actually. So oh, uh, cool. it's pretty cool. But yeah, it's called the, the Florida Project podcast. As they say, the podcast where three dudes talk about Walt Disney World. So it's, it's pretty <laughs> cool. It's pretty fun. So uh, I listened to the first couple episodes a long time ago. I've been bad about listening to it more because I'm just not really a Disney guy. But uh, they do a great job. They've Fair. got new equipment, so they've gotten really good. Their website's pretty awesome looking, too. So check it out. Ooh, yeah, check them out, guys. Uh, but then it's like, well, yeah, that's what's going on with me. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else going on with you? Furniture uh, and Disney. <laughs> Furniture and Disney. I live a boring adult life. Joyce is saying tons and tons more words. She's more mobile than ever. It's terrible and great. <laughs> What's some new words she's got? Uh, she knows mo- a lot of her body parts now. So she knows uh, ears, nose, mouth, head, shoulders, belly, toes, knees. Very cute. She started saying like, uh oh, and oh no. <laughs> <That's> so <laughs> and cute. Uh, oh boy. There's oh a lot boy. of like oh, oh combinations she does now. <laughs> You should teach her to say, oh boy, like Quantum Leap. Oh boy. 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 She's saying please and thank you with pretty good consistency now. Well, that's good. Manners. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you. She's just starting to get, but please, she's had for a while. Very nice. Um, Up, down. She's starting to get... It, we can ask her questions about what she wants, and she's very clear. Oh, that's even more. Like, do you want green beans? Or do you want sweet potatoes? And she'll sweet potatoes. She'll nod. And 
but she'll cl- clearly tell us no to things now, which is interesting. And you're like, too bad. <laughs> Do it anyway. Trace, do you want to come over here and read a book? No. Okay. <laughs> now. <laughs> it's always so vengeful, too. Uh, but then sometimes she starts using new words, and we don't know what they are yet, but she's clearly saying something, but she's not saying clearly enough for us to understand. And one recently is, is it just sounds like she's yelling the word die at you. <laughs> Oh no! Die, die, and I'm like, what? I don't don't know what that word is. Die, die. I, I really hope Joyce. you're not saying die, die. Joyce, this is terrible. I don't know what you want. <laughs> That's so cute. Uh, yeah, cute and terrifying. So very cool. Uh, so that I guess takes us into some nerd news. Nerdy news. It's time for nerdy news. Well, I got a funny name for my uh, story, which actually I tried to make it tie into the movie somewhat that we're going to be okay. reviewing later. Killer. Uh, it's called the Swedish, the Swedish chef. I can't say this. Fast. The Swedish, Swedish chef will never die. <laughs> it's really hard to say the Swedish chef. <laughs> the Swedish chef. Why can't, why can't I say that? You Anyways, to, you have to put an unlau after it so that you, have, you say like the opposite. Swedish chef. The Swedish chef will never die is the name of my story. Uh, so a funeral company in Sweden is looking for volunteers to provide data so the firm can use artificial intelligence to create a digital copy or at least a reasonable digital facsimile of them after they're dead. So the living can not only see them, but have a conversation. Wow. So we've heard some things like this before, but this is uh, it's strange that a funeral company is the one, you know, taking the charge on this, um, which is kind of odd. I don't know. Maybe like anything, you, even if you want to do it, you have to find the consumer facing portal for it. Right. And maybe that's just the consumer facing portal for it. And they'll they'll fund a different company to actually do the mark, like do the actual legwork, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's the question. It's like, yeah, we want to map people's personalities. The people from can send AI messages from the day. You know, it's like, okay, but who's going to pay for that? Yeah, and how's it going to get funded? <laughs> who's going to do the real work to code it? And so um, it becomes, how do we package it? And they're saying later on, this, if they did get it really good, they could put it into an AI, into an actual robot body that looks like the dead person's. So then basically, you have them back, uh, which they have. There was um, just an episode of Black Mirror about that. Yeah, it has a uh, what's his face. Um, the the guy the redhead guy redhaired guy <laughs> Huxley Huxley or Hux General Hux he's uh, in that Hux. he's uh he's the guy you know his father's yeah, the famous too guy. he's in the Harry Potters as well <laughs> we're terrible we're so descriptive well that's kind of creepy and but I guess okay and neat yeah and so it's a big company in Sweden so they might actually try to get it done but who knows if it will come up that but I thought it was pretty interesting and it's Swedish so it's related to the Muppets with the Swedish chef Swedish wow, good work. chef good work. which I still can't Swedish say. chef Damn it. Uh, so for nerd news this week, I don't have a clever name because I'm bringing us the first ever uh, a play on nerds 2018 Razzie Roundup. For any of our listeners that don't know, the Razzies are a award ceremony for the worst films of the year. Right. Uh, and it's just a, a good way to, it, it's a, satirical, but most of the time it just calls out terrible things that Hollywood has done. <laughs> so, uh, some interesting things this year, uh, some people were, were nominated for two things this year. Uh, one of them was, uh, Sir, uh Anthony Hopkins 
uh, was nominated for both the movie Collide and the most recent Transformers film. Oh, good. <laughs> for Worst Supporting Actor. Uh, but Mel Gibson took Worst Supporting Actor home this year for Daddy's Home 2. Uh, Mark Wahlberg for Worst Actor, also double nomination for Daddy's Home 2 again, and Transformers, the most recent one, again. <laughs> now, the Daddy's Home 2 must have been horrible because I like the first one. It was decent. <laughs> but the second one might just be a piece of crap. Uh, worst actress this year in a surprise upset went to Tyler Perry for Boo 2, a Medea Halloween. <laughs> Good. But also uh, Catherine Heigl and Jennifer Lawrence were both nominated for uh, Unforgettable and Mother, respectively. Mother. Mother. <laughs> <laughs> it's got an explanation point at the end of it. So that's how you uh, say it. But the, the, the film that took away the big, the big prize this year, worst picture. <laughs> Uh, with other big headlining names like the Baywatch and the Fifty Shades Darker and, of course, the Mummy. Mm -hmm. But the Emoji Movie. Yes. This year took home the Razzie for Worst Picture in an upset. I have to make a comment about that. You know uh, T.J. Miller is, right? The comedic actor yeah. um, who's in Silicon Valley. He's also in Deadpool. Well, he he's plays... not in Silicon Valley anymore. But not yes. anymore. But he wasn't. He's in the Deadpool movie. He plays a sidekick for Deadpool. Um he was doing a Nerdist podcast where he was doing you know, an hour long conversation with these different celebrities and he was on there and he was so pretentious. And this was right after he had just done the emoji movie, like just like um, filmed his, or recorded his lines for it. And he was talking about how he's like, oh, you know, I'm just done with acting for now because I want to take projects that are more artistic available to me, like maybe some painting or sculpting and meditating. And Chris Harbrick's like, so you just did the emoji movie. And he's like, oh, yeah, you know, I, I really felt strongly about that movie and how it just, you know, it means a lot to people and it'll, it'll entertain them and make them happy. <laughs> it's a piece of garbage <laughs> movie. Uh, I mean, well, the, the awards agree and show it. And meanwhile, Patrick Stewart was in there, too. He played the poop emoji and he his press for it was totally different. He's like, oh, I'm a piece of poop. It's funny. <laughs> That's <was> basically it. <laughs> But apparently it wasn't funny. No, no, it was not. I watched part of it because we had to put something animated on to entertain Joyce. And the moment uh -huh. she stopped paying attention, I was like, no, nah, I can't do this anymore. It's just that bad. It's done. I'm done. <laughs> okay, well, good. That's some good. That's our, our Play on Nerds first 2018 Razzie Roundup. I like it. I have to do that every year. That's right. We just have to remember next year. Absolutely. Oh, 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 a pirate's life for me. We pillage, we plunder, we rifle and loot. Drink up, me hearty show ho. We kidnap and ravage and don't give a hoot. Drink up, me oddies, yo-ho. Yo-ho, yo-ho, a pirate's life for me. So before we break into our main discussion of Muppet Treasure Island, uh, I'm going to get us into the pirate mindset, and Jarman is going to have to answer some pirate trivia questions. hi -yar. All right, I've got five questions for you. Are you ready and excited? Yar, 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 yar. Okay, Edward Teach was the real name of this most feared pirate. Blackbeard. That is correct. I think I knew that actually from somewhere. I don't know why. The proper name for the skull and crossbones is this cheerful sounding name. The Jolly Roger. That is the Jolly Roger. <laughs> it's weird. I don't know where that came from or why, but. Interesting. Rather than straight rum, this drink of rum, water, lemon juice, and sugar was the pirate's drink of choice. It's got like a specific name? It does. Huh. I wonder if I'll know it once you tell me about it. No, I don't know that one. It is grog. Oh, I've heard that term before, but I didn't know that. Yeah, that's, 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 yeah, cool. that's where it comes from. 
I like it. All right. It sounds delicious. All right. Women and this other W word were considered extreme bad luck aboard a pirate ship. Other W word. War? No, it is whistling. Oh, weird. Because uh, to whistle, so this is how, this is why it was superstition, uh, was to control the wind and to Mm. challenge the wind. And you did not challenge the wind at sea. Fascinating. Or talk about women, apparently. Women, just women aboard the ship. Oh, just even aboard the ship at all. Yeah. No women on ship. There must have been a lot of gay sex going around. Just a ton. (laughs) It's like uh, a men's prison on there. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> All right. I've got a terrible time. Don't drop this soap. Yar, tar. All right. In Muppet Treasure Island, Long John Silver's lobster is named Polly. In the original novel, his parrot was named what? Uh, Lobster? <laughs> no, that's Mazzaro's <laughs> guess as well. No, it's Captain Flint. Oh, he names the... him after the captain he mutinied. That makes sense. All right, so that's pirate trivia. You walked away with two points. <laughs> well, not so good, but still. Um, and so just a fun fact I, I found out: um, in 1241, there was a pirate named William Maurice who became the first person known and recorded to have been hanged, drawn, and quartered which was a staple of like of execution for years to come. First one ever was a pirate. Oh, geez. He must have done something really bad. That's right. He made someone he made. I think it was Henry the, the third or something real mad, <laughs> real, real mad, just real, <laughs> just mad. real mad. <laughs> well, if you're hanged first, you're already dead, right? So then the drawn and quarter part isn't so bad because you're already dead. That's true. By then you don't care. Right. You don't give a they shit. They can do whatever they want with you. You're gone. <laughs> now drawing quarter then hung it's kind of just pointless as well because you're probably dead but you might well, not i mean be. yes you're probably dead <laughs> <laughs> but you're at least bleeding out and then you can hang him while he's bleeding out that's pretty terrible depends on how quick they move back then they, it's not like they had modern tools or anything for a quick all right let's, let's stop hypothesizing <laughs> yeah, anyways i don't want to know i just i don't want to and that takes us into our discussion of muppet treasure island when the course is laid and the anchors weigh, a sailor's blood begins racing. With our hearts unbound and our flag unfurled, we're underway and off to see the world. Underway and off to see the world. Hey ho, we'll go anywhere. So, Jarman, what what are your initial impressions of Muppet Treasure Island? You are absolutely right in your guesstimations after my last review that I really I really like this movie a lot. Yep. It was a lot of fun. More songs, more silly, crazy humor, uh, a lot more Gonzo Rizzo, which I know is something that you loved in the last film, but didn't I did get like enough that. of. Right. Like all everything I, I good. I guessed they, correctly. Though. They are a perfect duo. I love having them around. They're they're always like making their um oh, what's the word for that? Uh uh word things that are outside of the timeline you're supposed to be. Um Oh anachronisms. Pretty- anachronisms there they keep, we go. yeah they keep bringing up like pizza and phone calls and things like that they, they're like kind of outside of time of this movie the whole time through and it's just really funny and the jokes they do is just astounding but yeah uh, and just a lot more kind of big zany craziness muppetiness which i think is what you were missing in the last film yeah it's just the fun and good naturedness and it's but at the same time i think i remember the last one i said it felt more like for little kids or something and you disagreed but this one i feel like is 
more like kids can watch and adults can watch and get something out of it. And it just was for everybody. And it was so fun. Yeah. Agreed. You said before that you don't you didn't like this one very much. Um, I don't know. It Once again, it, it, it's fun to watch. You're right. They do a lot with the humor and they will talk more about it. But they really hit a lot of very funny points and good characters. But the thing is, is that at the end of the day, it's my it's Treasure Island. So, you know how it's going to go. True. And you're saying and that Jim Henson, when he was alive, didn't want to tell these probably stories. Would, probably would not have done that. No. Right. He wanted all original content. Right. And so because of that, there's no surprise to what was going to happen. And it just locks him into his story. Right. Which is fine. They still muppet, muppeted the crap out of that story. <laughs> exactly. Uh, which is still great. But yeah, that's my one kind of issue with both both of those films that a lot of Muppet fans have. And there wasn't like a truly super sad moment like there is in the other ones. Um but except for maybe when Kermit and Miss Piggy are hanging off the cliff and are accepting their fates, <laughs> which was kind of sad, but like wonderful and touching. Um, but anyway, we want to start from the beginning, kind of like what the movie's all about. Yeah, why, don't you, why don't you walk us through it? It's from the best of my it's ability. Always, it's always what you make me do with the Star Trek ones. <laughs> you just take the initiative. I'm like, okay, go for it, man. All right. Well, good. Uh, so, yeah. So we start off and we're with uh, William Hawkins, I think his name is, the boy. Well, don't forget the opening number. What was the opening? Oh, with the the captain. Shiver my timbers. With the Sil- Silva, what's his name? I'm terrible what? at this already. <laughs> what are you talking? Are you drunk? No, I'm not. Shiver <laughs> my timbers, shiver my soul. Oh, oh, did you not see this musical number I at the beginning of the movie? Did but who was doing it? It's like the pirate. It's just a bunch of pirates and animals on an island. Right. It's they're t- showing the story of him first um, leaving the treasure there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. While and they're then, singing it. And then and Flint killing his whole crew. Flint. That was the name I was looking for. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It, the number is a really good number showing them uh, the, getting the treasure there. And uh, as they're leaving it, he shoots um, his men. So that's what he's, the last thing you see. Um, and I was I, I couldn't remember the story of Treasure Island because it's been, you know, 20 plus years since I've read it or something. So true. Um, it was all new for me. So <laughs> I was like, oh, I, I think they're implying that the whole crew is dead except for, you know, Flint. And then we get to um, the boy and this bar where Billy Connolly, I loved his part in this movie, uh, is telling a yeah. story of, of Flint and his treasure and everything. You realize it's him talking about it and he's super drunk and he's been telling this story, you know, for a long, long time and everyone's tired of it. Oh, aye. Fifteen men went ashore that day and only Flint, his own self, returned. Oh, aye. And then old Flinty up and died before they could get back to that cursed island and dig up the treasure. No one knows to this day who has old Flint's map. Now isn't that a story worth the hearing? Yeah, it was the first dozen times we heard it. I'll drink to that. <laughs> but who has the map now? Now isn't that a story worth hearing? <laughs> yeah, worth hearing the last five times you told it. <laughs> uh, but his accent is just amazing. Um, he was in uh, lots of movies, but also, what would you say he's known for? I don't know. Uh, I mean, for me, it'll always be Boondock Saints. Yeah. Always. Was he just in the second one or was he also in the first one? Uh, he was in, at the very least, the first one. I don't know about the second one. I don't think I actually ever saw it. Uh, well, he was definitely in the second one. I remember that. Okay, well, he's um, definitely in the first one. But we already have in the beginning of these scenes is Hans Zimmer music. He's the one scoring this movie, and it's really well done. I think throughout. Um, yeah. And I had to, I was gonna ask when did Disney buy the Muppets? 
um, years after this, though, this is right around the time. No, because this, it, this opens with a Disney logo. Is that because it was a re-release that I watched or something? Or they were their distributor, distributor, I believe. That might make sense. Okay. Um, but no, at this time, I think Muppets were still owned by the family. They hadn't been sold off to that German production company yet. Weird. But this is post, this is uh, when Jim was planning, there were plans and works for Jim to hand over most of the financial and production stuff to Disney and just take over the creative stuff for Muppets. Gotcha. Uh, and that's why they did the Muppets uh, at Walt Disney World, which was like a big special they did for TV to kind of like prep everyone. And then he died before they could make it happen. Uh, and so because of that, all the relationship was always tenuous, was tenuous for a little while there. Makes sense. This was made in 96, which is later than I thought it was. Um, but anyways, we do have a Star Trek connection pretty early on in these scenes because. Wait, wait, wait. What is it? You don't know? No. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because the- I did find a, I mean, a quasi Trek connection that was very, very tenuous, but I couldn't find anything concrete. Oh, it was right there with Gonzo. So after they see him talking about the treasure and everything, William Hawkins goes off and cleans with uh, Gonzo and Rizzo. And uh-huh. he's, he's dreaming about going off, making, going on adventures. And Gonzo says, If I had it, my friends and I wouldn't be here serving you rum, Mr. Bones. That's right. We'd be out searching for that treasure, sailing the seven seas on a five-year mission, boldly going where no man has gone before. Say, that's catchy. <laughs> he says that right in the script. <laughs> I didn't catch the obvious one. Yeah, it was so obvious. I was like, oh, that's uh, awesome. <laughs> okay, let me tell you my tenuous one. Okay. So uh, there is the animated show Gargoyles, right? Which has a huge, which has a good chunk of the cast of the Next Generation that does voices for it. Jonathan Frakes, Maria Sirtis, a few more. Uh, Dorn does one, I think. Oh yeah, probably. Uh, but yeah, so the Tim Curry does a voice, I believe, of the villain in Gargoyles. <laughs> and that was like go. the very tenuous Trek connection I could find for this. And yet there was a direct one right in your face. <laughs> God, it was right in my face. <laughs> and he brings it up again later, too. And he's like uh, exploring strange new something. And it wasn't worlds, but he said something strange yeah. new. And then he changes it at the last second. But it was like two times where he referenced that. But we also have the woman from Absolutely Fabulous, who's the uh, yeah the crazy like uh, runner of the hotel that they're working at or the, yeah, the yeah. inn. She was really good. Wearing a strange fat suit. Yeah, and when she's kicking people out, there's a couple of really good moments. Like, gentlemen, come back tomorrow for roast suckling potatoes. She's <laughs> talking to pigs. And then there's a potato woman. No oh, offense, yeah. She's like, I'm so sorry. Like, no offense. Just every, every little joke. And if you watch this part of the film especially is like comedy rule of threes over and over and over. Yeah, again. that's true. If you watch this, it is like just it just posed perfectly in that in that those threes the whole thing yeah it works really well i think i laughed a bunch out loud while i was watching this let's see and then you get to your first musical number something better something better <laughs> this little british boy voice so i know that the last uh, movie specifically you you had issues with the music how did you feel about the music in this one i thought the music was much more uh consistently decent and the only singer I what didn't really like was the boy. He had a very weak voice, singing voice. Yeah, it's because they have this like fourteen or fifteen year old kid singing in falsetto the whole time. Yeah, it was, it was weird, weird. A weird choice because that that made him sound much more weak and it's not as impressive. And the song was good, but it's just the only thing is maybe they were trying to play him younger. 
maybe like even younger like, than and he so looks. that's that was the the reason but even so it wasn't really forgivable i agree and then later on i'm, I'm not skipping ahead this story-wise but like tim curry i was disappointed because he's a fantastic singer and they didn't really take advantage of that very much like his song didn't had a lot of talk singing it didn't really show his range very much because he has a great voice and so i was like oh that's weird maybe they just didn't know who they're going to cast at the time and they didn't know if it'd be a good singer or not so they kind of made it half and half but he has like a few few uh phrases I think he there had a couple he, nice parts in sailing for adventure that little duet between him yeah and he did Jim. Maybe, that, that, i think that was the one time he really got to show off the stars will be a compass wherever we may roam and our mates will always be just like a family and though we may put into port the sea is always home it's like a couple moments where he had like a, a nice like you know range there but otherwise they could have done more with him but 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 on a whole though i like the songs better for sure uh and the one thing i like that happens over and over again and once again this is one of those rule of three payoffs that rizzo chimes in in agreements but not really <laughs> yeah that he's not gonna in the song uh, jim jim grabs a fire poker and starts pretending it's a sword in the line in the song is i'll put my courage to the test and Gonzo hops in and I'll be by your side and Rizzo echoes and he'll be by your side. <laughs> yeah. Not that he also will be. By his side. <laughs> and also I love Rizzo's line where um, the J- Billy Connolly character appears to be dead first and before he actually is dead. And he's like, is he dead? This is supposed to be a kid's movie. It's supposed to be a kid's movie. <laughs> uh, but then Billy literally barges in right at the end of the song and says, ah, enough with the singing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I just absolutely loved. Uh, he wants funny. rum. And then you get the second payoff of the joke of how does she do that? Yeah. She hears them the, from the far away. Can, can hear them from far away no matter what's going on. Don't give him any more rum. <laughs> how does she do that? Uh, and then out of nowhere, there's a knock at the door. And we meet one of my favorite characters. Yeah, the blind pirate thing. Blind Pierre. <laughs> I love that character. <laughs> Billy Bones, it's me, Blind Pierre. I know you're here, Billy. You sniveling coward. The, the one thing I always love about beautiful about Blind Pierre, beside from him just being crazy and, and outlandish, is that if you watch him, he really did the puppetry. There's really some beautiful handwork being done. Mm-hmm. Like if you watch his hands, he's they're playing with Billy's hair and tugging on it as he's making points in his speech. Like the the actors were very very coordinated, and it's just some be- some beautiful work. It was almost kind of sexual at parts, like kind of rubbing the side of him and touching and tingling him. It's like whoa, <laughs> it's a little creepy and weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was um, good. But then that he reminded him- me something from Dark Crystal almost. Oh, I could see that absolutely. A little bit. Uh, but then he hands him the black spot, mm-hmm. which is the pirate's death sentence. Somehow. I, yeah, I don't know if that's actually based on anything real or not. <laughs> You're now marked for death, basically. But Billy freaks out. He has to get out of there because they finally found him. He reveals to Jim that he has the treasure map that he's been telling the story about. It's real. He has it. Flint's gold. And as he's about to go, he has a heart attack, I guess. <laughs> yeah, just randomly. And, and falls on the bed. And they think he's dead. And then he comes back to life. <laughs> uh, Jim. And then there's a beautiful moment. Jimmy, Jim, Jimmy, Jim, 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 Jim. Me always been a decent sort to old Billy Bones. I know Jimmy, Jim, Jimmy, Jim, 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 Jim. He's Jimmy, Jim, Jimmy, Jim, 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 Jim. Jim. Yes, Captain. Jim, Jimmy, Jimmy, Jim, 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 Jim. Yes, Captain. What is it? 
Church. Jim? Yes, Captain. Jim, Jimmy, Jim, Jim, Jimmy, Jim, Jim. <laughs> yes, really Captain, funny. it's me. <laughs> like, it, just, it just kept going and paying off. And so random. <laughs> so good. <laughs> uh, and the, my favorite, uh, another part there is, uh, oh, yeah, and they're going to come here and they're going to gully anyone that gets in his way. And is gully and hurt? I a lot. <laughs> like, just... Uh, they find a map, and then there's this funny Looney Tunes moment that's kind of not normal for Muppets, where they come up from the map, and Gonza says, we're going to be rich, and he has dollar signs in his eyes. Yeah. And Rizzo comes up and says, we're going to be dead, and he's got X's. And that's just a very not Muppety thing. That was kind of out of place, and then they turn back around, and their eyes are back to normal again. Yeah. But that now Billy is finally dead. Billy finally dies for real. Yeah. Uh, and the pirates show up. And they start uh, trying to burn the place down and trying to find and they find that Billy's dead and the map is missing. So they go searching and they they uh, Gonzo and Rizzo are trying to load bullets into a gun. They they have all this gunpowder gun down the end for some reason. <laughs> and then this is another very Looney Tunes kind of moment where there's a hole in the powder barrel and he's dragging it around. And then the fire chases him as he's running and the pirates are chasing him. And it's like a like Scooby-Doo it's a type of thing. <laughs> yeah, very Scooby-Doo. <laughs> And the whole place blows up, but uh, our absolutely fabulous actress, she survives and says, don't worry, I've got them. Go off. Run away. Uh, get How the does she do that? <laughs> and she's just beating the hell out of those pirates. She's she's taking charge. Oh, yeah. You don't worry about her one bit. Nope. So they catch a wagon to some port town. I'm not sure if they really ever reveal who it is. Is it London? Hard to say. <laughs> who knows? We'll say. And they go to this master map builder, the master ship builder, hoping that he'll give them a ship to, to take on this adventure. Unfortunately, he isn't there. He is off celebrating the feast of St. Lulu. <laughs> but his half-wit idiot son. <laughs> Played by Fozzie. Uh, young Trelawney is there and we'll see them. <laughs> <laughs> who has a thimble per- person in his finger that talks Mr. to him. B- Mr. Bimble. Bimble. I once I, oh, okay. Bimble. I thought it was Bimbo until I looked it up. It's Mr. Bimble. And I thought it was Thimble. <laughs> uh, yeah, so there, he, a man who lives in his finger helps him make all of his decisions. And he decides to give him his, it's like, he'll fund their mission to have a ship. But the funniest line to that, and he's like, really, you're going to fund it for us? And he's like, what are rich half-wit sons for? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, then we get to meet Beaker and Dr. Bunsen Honeydew. Right. They, all of a sudden, there's an explosion in the back and they come in. Beaker has been exploded into the room and uh, one of my favorite lines in the whole movie. Uh, but Dr. Bunsen Honeydew says, good job, Beaky. Now we know that is definitely too much gunpowder. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they don't do much more the rest of the movie. They're kind of not a, just kind of peripheral characters for the rest of the movie. They have one kind of funny moment later I'll mention, but that's about it. Right. Uh, so then it's like then sometime shortly after the ship is ready, the crew is ready. The the guys are going to go on as cabin boys, and that's when we meet Kermit for the first time, Captain Smollett, who's going to lead the adventure. I like the fake reveal where this scary-looking captain-looking guy comes out first, and he's just kind of introducing Kermit, and Kermit's like, oh, hi-de-ho. <laughs> hi-ho. <laughs> uh, and then uh, you get to meet uh, Mr. Arrow, played by Sam the Eagle, the straight-laced second-in-command. Yeah, and he gets a big role in this film. He really does. Uh, and then we get Sailing for Adventure. The one of the next big musical number. I recognize it from you singing it before. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and just some funny moments and you get to see the funny crew you're about to experience the movie with. And a lot of cool looking puppets. And you get your first glimpses into fact that, that the crew are not good guys. You have uh, old Tom 
really old Tom and dead Tom. Tom. And dead Tom. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and then one of my favorite scenes in the movie, the roll call, where they're going through. That was fun. Uh, Deadless Tom, Headless Bill is another one of my favorite. <laughs> Just guy with no head. Uh, uh, and the last one was like Fat Face Baby Eating O'Brien, and it's a gorgeous woman with a man's voice. <laughs> that I. made no sense. <laughs> Angel Marie, I, I. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Who hired this crew? <laughs> they're terrible. And then we also meet uh, Long John Silver once they get in the ship. Yeah, they get in the ship. They're downstairs. Well, we missed that, unfortunately. But yeah, they meet Long John Silver and his lobster Polly, who they directly address is not a is not a parrot. He's like, don't uh, they use par- <laughs> or sailors usually have talking parrots? It's like talking parrots. That's ridiculous. <laughs> talking parrots. That's ridiculous. Who pieces of eight? Give me a cracker. Very <laughs> <laughs> uh, random. And then Kermit freaks out, calls all the people together, says there's going to be no drinking because he doesn't trust the crew. Right. Uh, and then you get a really nice scene between Jim and Long John Silver. And you get to see what an actor, the caliber of Tim Carey, can do with a villain. Oh, yeah. It's not one note. It's not one 2D. No, you can see him change what he's trying to get out of Jim and still has some nice genuine kind of moments and... It's real good. Jim, you mean William? What? Who's Jim? Jim, Jim Hawkins. Oh, it is Jim. I thought it was William Hawkins. But then Jim, that whole Jim, 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 Jim. <laughs> You're right. We went over this like six times earlier. Jimmy, Jim, 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 Jim. You're absolutely right. Jimmy, 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 Jim, 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 And then the next day, Gonzo and Rizzo get nabbed because the pirates think they know where the map is. And Gonzo gets stretched out, but is loving it. And then another one of my favorite that moments. That was really of, funny. <laughs> of, ah, he's enjoying it. Let's torture the rat. <laughs> and then Gonzo uh, the, loves being super elongated and is like kind of flowy around the ship. I've always everything. wanted to be taller. I could play in the I NBA play for now. The NBA. <laughs> um, they, they shorten Gonzo. They uh, imprison the pirates that did it. And then you get the next musical number, Cabin Fever. That was a fun departure. <laughs> it is so crazy and zany in the middle. It's like a big Roomba number with maracas and little interludes and just about them going insane because the wind's not moving. And I love the uh, the two like uh, human actors who are pirates. They actually have a yeah, lot of a funny few. moments throughout this whole film. <laughs> oh, yeah. They the the. The, they do a good job of kind of being Muppets, so to speak. Yeah. And like the one part where he does like the Marlon Brando impersonation. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It was funny. Uh, and then the, the musical number ends. The The wind picks back up. They're back on their way. And then we cut down to the jail cell where the pirates who who took Gonzo and Rizzo are. And I love this moment where Clueless Morgan, the goat, recognizes. Well, hey, guys, what, what was that song that just happened? What are you talking about? <laughs> you know. Cabin fever. Ah. <laughs> I got cabin fever. It's burning in my brain. I got the cabin fever. It's driving me insane. <laughs> but they just admit that they just missed a musical number. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. And it reminds me throughout, which is also a hilarious little side plot, was Rizzo uh, has charges a bunch of rats to come on as the ship as a cruise ship. <laughs> High rat cruises. Yeah. And they're all dressed like in modern clothes and having a modern cruise experience while this whole movie's or like, going or like on. May, maybe not even modern but maybe like a 70s 80s yeah like polynesian experience kind of. <laughs> and they're constantly just butting in throughout this whole film 
So then Long John manipulates Jim and basically confirms there is a there is a treasure map Mm -hmm. and that he finds out where it is and that Mr. Arrow has the keys. Yep. So that night, Long John tricks Master Arrow, Mr. Arrow, uh, saying that maybe one of the lifeboats is unsafe and he really needs to test it out and offers to hold his keys for him. Great trick. They have a funeral for Mr. Arrow the next day. Uh, Long John breaks out the criminals, the, the pirates with his keys. Uh, and then Jim and Rizzo and Gonzo overhear their plan for mutiny. Right. While they're hiding in an apple barrel. A very large apple barrel. Which I think is from the original. I think that's actually what happens. I think he's hiding in the apple barrel. Huh. So then they reach, they're reaching land where I think they were just going to. Uh, that wasn't like the, the island that the treasure was on, or was it? Yeah, yeah. They, they finally reached the island. They right. reached their destination. Jim gets to to Captain Smollett just in time to tell him about the mutiny. And Captain Smollett says, all right, Mr. Silver, take the whole crew ashore, get water, get provision, take as much time as you want. And his plan is to let them get off the boat and then ditch them. But then they would ditch the treasure, too. But then that's what he says. Like, let's see how much fight they have in a year. Oh, jeez. So we'll come back and see who's alive. That's pretty tough. I didn't quite catch that. (laughs) That's really tough. Yeah, yeah. he definitely he definitely does that. That's like Captain Kirk leaving a, a con behind on that planet. That's right. That's exactly it. That's crazy. That, there's so there's going to be a sequel to this in 20 years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so which would have been two years ago. So <laughs> that's true. Oh, that hurts my heart. 22 <laughs> year old movie. Uh, so Long John knows what's happening is smarter, smart as a whip and tricks Jim over to the railing. And grabs him down over the railing and gets him into a boat and takes them ashore with them. Which you found out is it looks a lot like the scene from It. Okay, so <laughs> it was like, I think we established five or six years after this. Before this, um, yeah. There's, there's a scene in this where Tim Curry is looking up over a rail. It's like a shot down and you can see Jim on the right. And it's like an exact echo to the shot from It where he's in the sewer drain about to pull Georgie in. Georgie. Georgie. We'll, we'll post it with the episode. I sent it to Jarman. Yeah, it's check pretty it out. creepy. Now, it's, now that I've seen it, I can't unsee it. It almost has to be on purpose. But who knows? I mean, I, I feel like it has to. Like, I feel like that's not ridiculous to think. Right. So now they can't just ditch him because they've got Jim. Yep. Uh, so now they're on the island and you get uh, the big pirate musical number, Professional Pirate. I like that one. It was fun. Yeah, and honestly, I think Tim Curry's like running commentary throughout is the best part of the musical number. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so lovely! It's poetry in motion. Show them you've been practicing, boy. It's like just these little one-offs are just the best part of the whole thing. He's just so charismatic. Upstage boys, this is my only number. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> now take Sir Francis Drake, the Spanish all despising. But to the British, he's a hero, and they idolize him. It's how you look at buccaneers that makes them bad or good. And I see us as members of a noble brotherhood. Uh, Smollett leaves the boat with, I think, Honeydew, Beaker, and Fozzie, and takes the boys ashore to go try to rescue Jim. And that's when they encounter the pig locals, natives of the island, who are like have tusks and stuff, but they're all pigs. And yeah, they're camping on the shore, and there's natives that take them and capture them. And then we cut back to Londron Silver and Jim, who Londron needs Jim's compass to find the treasure and says that basically he'll take it from him by force. And then reveals that he hid men on the ship, right? Who fire two cannon shots to show that they have taken the ship because now 
Beaker, Honeydew, and uh, Fozzie are now tied up on the ship. And this is where the only other time where they get a funny moment that I mentioned earlier, which is, uh, oh, it was so fortuitous, uh, not fortuitous that uh, our guns weren't loaded. And when Fozzie says, yeah, we might have shot someone. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's the one moment they get late in the game. I forgot about that. So they get captured by wild pigs. One of them is Spam or Spam. <laughs> I didn't catch that uh, either. <laughs> which it ends up that Hormel sued them for this. Oh, wow. And the judge dismissed it, commenting that he believed that Hormel should be should uh, feel proud that their product was associated with an actual pig. That's as opposed to the actual meat, which is not right. So the judge dismissed it because he thought it was ridiculous because it is. Uh, And then kind of like a mini musical number. Boom Shakalaka. I like that a lot, too. Uh, and, but just boom, for the big reveal, to reveal that it's Benjamina Pig, Miss Piggy, is that they worship her or she's their goddess or something. Because she was dating Captain Flint and he stranded her there in the island. Along with his buried treasure. Right. And she had all the treasure that she was hiding in her dressing room. <laughs> it's a big reveal. They, they, she has them taken and they're, they're tied up or left tied up. Uh, we cut back to the pirates. They've found the treasure. They go. It's already dug up, and they open it, and oh, no, there's no treasure there. And suddenly it looks real bad for Long John Silver. So they want to mutiny against him. They tie him up. But he tells Jim to run. He buys him a moment. He shoots dead Tom. <laughs> he's the only guy he shoots. And he killed like, dead Tom. Dead Tom was dead. Always dead. That's why we call him dead Tom. Oh, yeah. Oh. He drops him. <laughs> <laughs> So Jim gets away. He breaks out Rizzo and Gonzo to try to go and take the ship back. Meanwhile, Smollett is taken to see Benjamina. The boys go. They're, they're, the boat they brought in has been sunk by pig spears. Right. But then who shows up but Mr. Arrow in the very safe lifeboat. <laughs> he now knows it's very safe. That they use to get back out to the ship. Uh, they climb in. They free the the captives and they f- trying to figure out how to get the rest of the pirates off the ship and that's when they discuss that pirates are very superstitious and Sam the Eagle has the best part of the whole movie I am the ghost of Mr. Arrow boogie 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 <laughs> boogie and then they all run the third <laughs> like, just so good so they have the ship back meanwhile Kermit and Piggy are interrupted by the pirates during a brief romantic reunite where she then reveals that she also slept with Long John Silver and that Tim Curry has a long dick. I didn't catch that reference. Oh, yeah. Hello, Long John. <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah, like they just spelled it out. They really gave it to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Long John must know where his treasure is. He knows that Benjamin knows where it is. So he takes them to a cliffside and hangs Kermit off the side of the cliff. To try to entice her to tell him. And then when she won't, or does he she? He hangs her upside down, right. too. Uh, she tells him where the, her treasure is, and then they, the pirates take off. And then that leads to uh, Love Let Us Hear, a very sweet musical number. As they're about to die. Are, are singing to each other upside down, facing their death, while cutting between that and the pirates finally finding their treasure and like dancing in treasure and trying on gold chains and tiaras and <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah it's it's kind of a fun musical number 
My favorite is at the end. Uh, so take my hand and have no fear. It'll be all right, love. Let us hear. And then it, the rope breaks and he's left holding on to Miss Piggy. <laughs> Crying desperately. She's like, oh, Kirby, you caught me. And they cut up and it's just oh. him, his eyes bugging out. <laughs> 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 yeah. That was great. So then we have Jim with the ship who's bringing it around because he sees Kermit and Miss Piggy up there. He's going to come catch them with this big net. Um, and they drop and they don't land in the net. They're captured by, I can't remember Stadler their names. Stadler and Waldorf. Stadler and Waldorf. Right, who are the, the two wooden figures at the front of the ship this whole time. And they were great. In front of the whole movie. So this is this is where I lost where I lost track of what was going on. This is where I got confused. Mm-hmm. So the original plan was to abandon the pirates on the island. Right. And come back for the treasure. They had Jim back. Why did they have to go confront the pirates? I don't remember. Why couldn't that have been the same plan? Yeah. I don't know why they changed their course. There was no reason they had to go back to the the island. The pirates had no real way off. All they had was rowboats. That is strange. So I don't know why they felt they had to go confront. And when did did the scene happen where uh, um, all the pigs come in to save her, but then he shows that he has a gun. So they're like, oh, see you later. (laughs) That's when that's when uh, they the pirates interrupt. That's the long John scene. Oh, okay, that was that. scene. Oh, we see you have boom, boom sticks. Bye bye. (laughs) Bye bye. (laughs) They all run away. That is a good moment. Yeah, I like that moment a lot. And somewhere around that time, too, we've, that's where the Swedish Swedish chef has his uh, little cameo as well with a strapped on pig nose. And Which they a, even admit is tenuous. Where like, else were we going to put him in the movie? Yeah, exactly. Come on. Let's take him in somehow. But yeah, I like that they, they shoved a lot of people in like that. It's fun. So they, they crash the boat basically into the beach. They confront the pirates. There's big sword fight scenes. Everyone kind of gets a moment to show off and have a, a funny moment. Uh, the Gonzo gets to take the starfish that he's been keeping in his pants and uses <laughs> them as throwing stars. It pays off a joke from earlier, and it's absolutely brilliant. Mm-hmm. And then they suddenly all change shirts into white swashbuckler shirts. That's right. They do. All of them. <laughs> uh, and then Long John and Kermit have a fight. Smollett, whatever. Have a fight. Smollett looks like he has it, but loses his sword at the last moment. And then there's this real good feel-good moment where everyone's like, nah, if you're going to kill Captain Smollett, you have to kill me. But then we get the payoff to the Rizzo joke, which is, if you kill Jim, you'll have to kill me. And if you kill Gonzo, you'll have to kill me. And if you kill all of them, you'll have to negotiate strenuously. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Just the payoff to, to Rizzo not really being with them. <laughs> <laughs> He's just a rat out for himself. That's right. Uh, Lon John seems to give up, but that night he ends up escaping because he still has Mr. Arrow's keys. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he gets the treasure onto a boat. He rows away. Jim and have a final confrontation where Jim says he never wants to see him again. He lets Long John go with the treasure. Long John gives his compass back. Kermit's proud of him. After he lets him go, Mr. Arrow lets him know that there was a boat that he knew to be very unsafe that is now missing. (laughs) And it was paying off the joke from earlier. Uh, So then Long John is seen bailing out his boat. His treasure sinks as he ends up swimming back to the very island that he tried to maroon them on. A fitting end. At the end, they don't know where they're going to go, wherever the wind may take us. And then my one of my favorite Gonzo lines, off to Zanzibar to meet the Zanzibar Barbarians. Which he said earlier in the movie, too. It's so good. Zanzibar uh, then And then they kind of cut to the, the, it's the, the, the ship sailing out of frame. And then it's credits, but there's a little bit of credit activity. Uh, you get to see the rats, the, the subplot from the whole movie, the rats on the thing go diving and they pull up the treasure. Right. So presumably all these rats are now rich. And then the very end credits, well, mostly towards the end, you have uh, has 
Long John Silver on the island having a conversation with one of the totem guys. One the, of the top the totem statues. pigs. <laughs> telling him a really bad beach joke. <laughs> he just looks miserable. <laughs> uh, but that, in, that was Muppet Treasure Island. And it's just a really enjoyable, very palatable, very consumable movie. Um, nothing incredibly profound, but just really fun. And I think yeah. very Muppety in how I think of Muppets. But I know I'm not the the person who to go to for that because I didn't grow up with Muppets like Steve no, did. No, so. no, I mean, once again, the the exact reasons I thought that you were going to like Christmas Carol are the exact reasons you hated it. Right. And they were the exact reasons I thought you were going to hate this one or the reasons that you loved it. So I was just I just had it backwards. That's all. Yeah. And it worked out really well. I'm very pleased. Yeah. Well, good. That's been Muppet Treasure Island. Uh, tell us what you think about it. If anybody of you remember seeing it growing up, I was 10 or 11 when it came out. My formative years. And what would be the next movie in the Muppet series? Um, so that would be Muppets from Space. Aha. Uh-huh. And then after that, we the question becomes: Are we doing only theatrical releases? We're doing all of them. So then, then we also have. Oh God, uh, Muppet Wizard, of, Muppet Wizard of Oz, a very merry Muppet Christmas movie, uh, the Muppets, and Muppets Most Wanted. Wow, but we'll have to like uh, spread it out more so that the, the Muppet Christmas movie. I think there, I think there's Christmas. there's like one more Star Trek film than Muppet film, so I think we'll have to do one more double up on that too. But that'll work out pretty well then. That will, it will. We'll be pretty even at the end, and it'll be two years from now by the time we're done. So. <laughs> and everyone will be like, "Why the hell do they do that? <laughs> How long has this been going on?" <laughs> But I'll be really proud that I made you watch all the Star Trek movies either again or and for the you first watched all time. the Muppet stuff. And That's I'll, exciting too. Yeah, finally see all the Muppet movies. That can be kind of more with you on that level. <laughs> all right, so that's going to take us uh, into our last bit, and that is the old favorite: Would you rather? I pose some fun hypothetical and would you rather situations in German and uh, we get to laugh our way through it. Are you ready to play? Very much so. All right. Would you rather have another season of your favorite canceled TV show made or a sequel to your favorite movie that never got one? Hmm. I'd say favorite TV show because there's far more of those that I'm pissed about than movies that didn't get a sequel. Oh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, I would go TV show, too, because you get more out of it. Even if you get eight episodes, it's better than one movie. Yeah, like I want another season of Quantum Leap. I want another season of Firefly. I want another season of Dark Matter. Me, uh, Jericho. I want another season. I still haven't gotten Jericho. Yeah, I need to do that one. Um, That's the big one. That one ended too soon. There's just too many. Yeah, there's a lot of them. Maybe another season of Lost. Yeah, like take back that shit ending. Just like pretend it didn't happen. We're just doing another timeline on the island that, you know, with them being able to use and manipulate time, you can really do anything. That's true. Yeah. So there you go. All right. Good answer. Good answer. Would you rather have have now mind you, you can use them normally. Would you rather have baby arms or baby legs? (laughs) You can use them normally. (laughs) Yeah. Like you can get around. I don't want you to think that if you have baby legs, you can't stand up. That's not the point of this exercise. I want baby legs because then I would just. I'd probably just get in a wheelchair at that point, but I like having use of my hands without having like tiny little. You'd still be able to walk. You'd just be short. You'd be little. So you don't mean like actual size of baby, but like that short. I mean the size of baby, but with the strength to to carry your. (laughs) That'd be so weird. (laughs) Like your normal strength now, just compacted into baby arms or baby legs. Yeah, baby, baby legs for sure. 
Okay, baby legs. I'm going to say baby legs also. <laughs> Any reason? Uh, I don't know. The same reason I would say that I would rather lose my legs than my arms. Same, the exact same reason. Yeah, so I, I, I like I more value being looking normal from the waist up. That's right. I shouldn't say normal because people have you know these things. Everyone's I mean, it's normal, easier. But it's also easier to buy suits. True. True. Yeah. Uh, all right. Would you always rather have to wear damp socks or have Legos in your shoes? <laughs> we had a damp socks one before too, didn't we? We did. I upped the ante this time. <laughs> always have damp socks or Legos in your shoes. That just sounds constantly painful. So yeah, damp socks. Yeah, I'm going to go damn socks, too. That sounds terrible. Because the Legos might be okay, but I feel like it would catch you at the wrong moment. And you'd go, ah, Jesus. Oh, God. Okay. This is the final one. Would you rather eat one giant meal a day or have to eat every two hours? Mm. Like you have to eat every two hours. Uh, If I'm going in a fancy world where I get the same amount of nutrients from either option. I'd go with the one meal a day because I find eating annoying as it is. So, yeah, I do one meal a day too. be less in the way. Plus, then it, like if you had to get up every two hours to eat, that would kill me for sleep. Oh, yeah. Well, especially for sleeping. I, I figure just in your wake hours. But no, no, no. Like you have to eat every two hours. Even on my current diet that I was doing for two weeks really well, I have to eat like every three and a half hours or three hours. So it's, it's really yeah, I would annoying. do one, one giant meal. Yeah. One giant meal. <laughs> Absolutely. We had a professor in college that supposedly did it for fasting reasons, but he only ate one big meal a day, but he would make like this little tiny man supposedly ate crazy quantities. Like he would have a whole roast chicken, Jeez. an entire loaf of bread, a whole bottle of wine, and then finish it off with half a cheesecake. <laughs> a whole bottle of wine. But he, but he only ate one meal a day. <laughs> Goodness. I don't think that's healthy at all. <laughs> hey, he's, he's still alive, so he did it. He's oh, doing good. it. He's, li- he's living that dream. Well, I guess that takes us to trailer reviews. Trailer reviews. Here at A Play on Nerds, we have spent years refining our exclusive trailer rating system. At the low end of the scale, we have Don't Waste a Match. This movie is so bad that I wouldn't waste a single match to burn it Fahrenheit 451 style. And second from the bottom, we have We'll See. Maybe the trailer was too short. Maybe it was cut oddly. Or maybe we don't know what the hell we just watched. We'll see. Up next, we have Give It a Buck. Whether you hit a red box, a dollar movie theater in the bad part of town, or a cheap online rental, give this movie a buck and enjoy it without breaking the bank. And at the top of our rating system, we have Shut Up and Take My Money. The wallets have been charmed out of our pockets, and we are ready to make our hard-earned cash disappear. And that's our patent-pending trailer rating system for A Play on Nerds. Um, and if you don't mind, I was going to talk about Ralph Breaks the Internet, Wreck-It Ralph 2. Do it. Uh, first, uh, we're doing two animated movies today, kind of in the fashion Yeah, we bring of, you an animated double feature. Yeah, kind of uh, keeping the family mode going here with the family movies. Um, I love the first Wreck-It Ralph. This I one, enjoyed it as well. Absolutely. This one seems to be going into the internet, but this was really just like a teaser, even though it was pretty long, because it doesn't tell us anything about the story. I have no idea what the conflict is. They're just going to the internet and they showed a bunch of iffy stuff that I wasn't really that funny to me. So I was like, I don't know where this is going to go. So I'm at a I mean, strong... they show, you're right. They showed a lot of like, this is going to be the first 15 minutes of the film before they get to the internet. And then once the internet part happens, 
you're right. They really didn't show. They're playing it very close to the chest. Yeah, there wasn't many funny moments. I was like, you can do a lot more with the internet. Come on, what's what's the deal here? And how are they not going to address porn? Is my question. <laughs> yeah, they're going to have to address it some way. In a They'll probably subtle do way. It in a funny, funny, subtle way if they're smart. Because the internet is mainly for porn. <laughs> All right, let's get you plugged in. Wiffy, or is it wifey? Why don't we just go in? And we are online. Whoa, cool. Ah! 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 Ralph, isn't this great? Ah! We are going to the internet. Super excited. <laughs> Just one minor thing. What is the internet? Oh! Holy cow. Look at all this stuff. Congratulations, you're a winner! Really? These ten child stars went to prison. Ooh. Number six will amaze you. That sounds interesting. Well, Ralph, come on! Redirecting to eBay. Ladies and gentlemen, the next item up, a black velvet painting of a sorrowful kitten. It's like it's looking into my soul. Yeah, that one's really gonna haunt me for a while. Whoa! Games! Pancake. Milkshake. Out of my way, kids. Pancake. Milkshake. Milkshake. <laughs> I'm starting to understand why people like this game. Very zen. Milkshake. Hey, look what I found. More pancakes. Let's speed it up. Pancake. 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 Eat, little buddy. Eat, eat, eat. <laughs> uh, Ralph, you might want to try feeding the kitty for a little while. No, the kitty gets the milkshake. The bunny gets the pancake. Yeah, but I'm excited for this film. I also really enjoyed the first one. I'm excited to see more of the same. Well, then what would you give this one? Uh, I'm going to give it a buck because I don't think Joyce still is not the age where we can really take her to see a movie yet. Right. But if it's available for a rental, I'll rent it and put it on at home. I'm going with a we'll see because that trailer was really lackluster to me. So I was okay. I was very unpleasantly surprised by that teaser. So hopefully the trailer is better later on down the line. All right. And so for our second trailer, we have The Incredibles 2, the much anticipated sequel to Incredibles. It's been like 10 years, hasn't it? It's been an insane amount of time. It looks like uh, the prediction was that this was going to be like 10 years in the future. But really, it looks like it's happening very shortly after the first film occurred. Yeah, all the kids seem like they're the same age, basically. Behold the Underminer! Watch after Jack-Jack. I thought we were going to go... You heard your mother trampolining! We meet again! Superheroes are illegal. We want to fight bad guys! I use you bad guys! It defines who I am. We're not saying you have... What? Someone on TV said it. I was approached by this tycoon who wants to talk about hero stuff. Help me bring supers back into the sunlight. We need Elastigirl. Bye, sweetie. I'll watch the kids, no problem. That's not the way you're supposed to do it, Dad. They want us to do it this I don't way. know that way. Why would they change math? No, math is math. Okay, math Dad. is math. All over Dusseldorf. Dusseldorf's are dozing. Her eyelids so heavy, they're drooping. Closing! I couldn't have done this if you hadn't taken over so well. I've got to succeed so she can succeed. Oh, Mary, 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 Mary. 
I get it, Bob. What the? That is freaky. But I can't keep giving him cookies. How? He's freaky. Nobody in a daddy. What? Done properly, parenting is a heroic act. Done properly. <laughs> So them saving the city brings back popularity and acceptance for superheroes. And instead of the entire family getting tapped to fight crime, only Elastigirl gets asked. And so it's about the super dad staying home with a bunch of superpowered children. Right. Well, Elastigirl goes out and, and gets all the fame and glory. And uh, the other podcast listened to uh, our friend Sean Vanderloo and over at the, uh, the Rusted Robot podcast. Hey, fellow nerds, it's Sean here from the Rusted Robot Podcast saying you're listening to Steve and Jarman on a play on nerds. Keep it nerdy, my friends. His other co-host, Josh, was talking about how he likes that this trailer makes it look like the dad is really trying and he's not fumbling. Because that's a good point, is that so many dads in movies that if they're staying with the kids, they're just shown as a fumbling idiot. It's like, can't occasionally a, a dad be pretty good at being just a dad, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so, True. yeah, he seems like he's pretty decent. He's really trying really hard. He's doing a, he's doing his best he can. You know, it's not like he's an idiot and he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. So that's kind of nice. But yeah, anyways. But I'm sure it's going to be that, you know, she gets popular. She gets to go do all these things. And then one time she doesn't come back. She's been captured by somebody. And then him and the family have to go rescue mom. Oh, that's what you got from that? Because I couldn't tell what the story was going to be with this either. It was kind of like a teaser as well. But that that would just for what they showed us, which you're right, is very early. But I, that's my guess is she gets she goes out on her own. She gets right. famous. But then that fame brings negative attention. She gets captured and the family has to go get her back. That seems about right. Which is basically the, the, the story of the last one, but with the dad. That's true. So it's going to be the same thing, just in reverse. It'll echo nicely. You'll see a lot of the same themes. It's going to be more of the same. And the voice talent's great. You got Samuel Jackson, Holly Hunter, uh, Craig Robinson, I think it's not Craig Robinson. Um, what's the guy's name from Coach who plays Mr. Incredible? Oh, I don't know. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, though. he was in that show Coach for years, and he does this part. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I would give this one a shove and take my money if the kid would allow. Shut up and take my money. I'll do give it a buck because I'm sure it'll be fun. Oh, yeah. It's going to be it's Pixar. So it's going to at least be quality. Yeah. Because uh, Wreck-It Wreck Ralph is uh, like Disney, but not Pixar or DreamWorks, maybe something like that. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but e either way, it's good to see good family content coming out and generally positive reviews for both of these films. Yeah, absolutely. Generally. Nothing terrible this time around. No burn -its. No burn -its this week. I'm not burning Pacific Rim this time around. <laughs> <laughs> pissing off. And that takes us into some radical recommends. Oh, yeah. I recommend. If you have the means, I highly recommend picking one up. What do you recommend I do? I recommend Pleasant. What you got for So us? for radical recommends this week, I bring a show that Ann and I kind of randomly discovered uh, via sci-fi. Oh, and it's called it's called Happy with an exclamation point on the end. And it's the story of a little girl is kidnapped mm -hmm. and her her invisible friend uh, who is somehow actually real goes to find her father, her estranged father, to help her because she's been kidnapped. And he is a ex cop turned turned murderer for the mob life torn apart and so he gets approached by this imaginary friend who is a small blue flying unicorn named happy <laughs> to go and save his daughter 
and it stars uh, Christopher Maroney, M- Maloney, who you would know from uh, Oz or American, uh, a wet hot American summer. He played the the kind of dis- deranged cook and Law and Order SVU for like Law and Order SVU. <laughs> uh, and then Patton Oswalt plays the voice of Happy. Oh, very nice. The imaginary friend. Um, and it is dark. There's obviously some kind of otherworldly or magical, mystical kind of stuff going on, but it's really dark and funny. And Christopher Maloney makes it so dark and rough. Um, and it, we're only two episodes in, but we can't get enough of it. It's based off a uh, graphic novel, apparently, that did really well. And there we said, like, how the hell are they going to put this on TV, but it'd make a great movie or something. Um, but I saw the trailers for it and it looks amazing. I really want to see it. So I'm jealous. Yeah, I mean, I highly recommend it. Find it if you can. Uh, happy with an exclamation point. Otherwise, you're going to end up lo- looking at a lot of that feral Pharrell video. Because <laughs> I'm happy. When I was trying to search it, I was like, why can't I find it? And it's the exclamation point. Happy exclamation point. <laughs> happy. Uh, check it out. Hi- highly recommend. <laughs> That's awesome. And what's your radical recommend for the week? Um, well, first of all, I think either you mentioned this or someone else on another podcast mentioned it. The Ritual. I did. You did? For a recommend? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Okay, perfect. So I did end up watching that. So we always want to talk about if one of us watched the recommend as well. And uh, um, it was, I liked it a lot. Yeah, it was definitely very different kind of horror movie and mm-hmm. avoids some of the other tropes you've seen before. Um, you really go on a journey with the lead character and he changes. Um, so that doesn't always happen. And it's not about ghosts. So that's the thing. <laughs> yeah, did, did you get what I meant? I think my part of the recommend was that uh, they make a decision. Who makes a decision? Like the filmmakers, that, like the direct, the director made a choice, mm-hmm. like an actual choice in the film. It wasn't like up to interpretation. Something actually happened. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, now it's, I remember that. Now. I really, I really appreciated that about yeah. the film. So it definitely, is it in his mind? But how did he get the bite mark? There, like, there's none of that. <laughs> it's more straightforward, which I like. I do appreciate that. Because that has become a trope now. It's like normal. What really and, happened? <laughs> but yeah, 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 it was so good. Yeah, so definitely. Um, so my recommend, though, um, it's kind of a it's a casual recommend, not like a oh, my God, see this. But it's uh, when we first met. It's a Netflix original film. Um, it's got Daddario. I can't remember her first name, but she's gorgeous. She's been in um, I think she was in Baywatch, but she's also in a uh, true detective as Woody Harrelson's girlfriend. Um, yeah, I think you're right. But she's a good actress, too. She's just and she just you can't not see how gorgeous she is um alexandra daddario yeah alexandra and daddario. Ad- adam devine from workaholics yeah adam devine pitch perfect too i believe workaholics he's i've always liked him in those things so i'm glad he's getting kind of a leading man role in this and it's 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 really funny and simple and very predictable but it's a movie about time travel where this guy uh after the f- it's like groundhog's day right kind of like he basically he, he falls in love with this woman but she just basically says she wants to be friends with him. And so three years down the line, she's about to get married. He's all depressed. He gets super drunk. He goes to where they first like had a first night together, um, goes in the photo booth and this photo booth kind of makes, becomes magical and, and puts him three years back in the past. And so it kind of skips him back and forth to where he keeps trying to get this date, right? Well, she'll fall in love with him and tries to be a different kind of person. And you try to follow along with it and see what happens, but it's, it was a lot of fun. Very good time passer. Very predictable, but very fun to turn your mind off and just kind of watch it. I love time travel movies in general. Oh, yeah. It's a fun genre. When and, it's done right, it's a fun genre. Oh, yeah. And especially Groundhog Day type of stuff. Like, there's always an episode of that in, like, all my favorite uh, sci-fi series. There's always That's true. One. Every single one has it. And I'm always okay with it. I'm always like, cool. I'm, I'm into this. <laughs> so, yeah, it's called yeah. When We First in Met. In fact, that was probably one of my uh, my favorite episodes of Star Trek Discovery this season. Mm-hmm. 
That one's great. It's like the re- the reset episode that was real good with Henry Harry Mud Harry Mud. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you watched all of Star Trek Discovery? No, not all of it. Oh. We got joist out of it sort of in the middle. I really need to go back to the beginning and give it a full rewatch. Oh, I, that's awesome. I'm glad you're doing that because uh, I hate the haters who don't like it. Yeah, <laughs> it's a great show. <laughs> Um, no, it is. It is enjoyable. It's just it's not really like any Star Trek before it, but I'm kind of digging that. Yeah. And I'm like, good buddy, uh, Paul Wright, who listens to this podcast, he couldn't continue watching it. And he's a huge Trek fan. And some huge wow. Trek fans are just like so put off by the changes. But I'm for some reason it doesn't bother me. I think it's just a great show on its own accord. And I'm happy that's in the Star Trek universe and bringing back attention. So, yeah, I agree. We'll both recommend Star Trek Discovery. Yeah, both both recommends. Double recommends at the end. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so thank you, Internet, for joining us for our giant review of Muppet Treasure Island. Join us next week for more nerdy fun that's so exciting and so nerdy we can't even tell you about it yet. It's too much. It's definitely not because we don't know. <laughs> uh, so keep on coming back. We will keep being your nerdy co-hosts if you keep being our nerdy audience. Thanks again, Internet. Stay nerdy, my friends. Thanks for listening to A Play on Nerds. Find all of this content and even more nerdy news, reviews, and fun at www.aplayonnerds.com. Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter so you know the exact second we release new podcasts, articles, and other nerdy content. We know you're impatient. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Podbean, Buzzsprout, Podomatic, and whatever the hell else you use. Also, please leave us a rating and review on your chosen podcast platform so we can be discovered by even more nerds like yourself. However you do it, check us out. And how. How?